Hello, everyone. Welcome back, and thank you for joining us on the Live Unreal with Glover You podcast, where every week, Jeff Glover and his coaches will dive deep into questions that you are asking. They understand the challenges you are facing on a day-to-day basis and still work every day on the front lines of real estate, with Jeff and his team closing over a thousand homes per year. In today's episode, Jeff sits down with Portland agent Sarita Duo. After 14 years of working in tech, Sarita took a leap of faith into real estate in a new city where she knew absolutely no one, and today she runs a highly successful business and she continues to challenge herself to new heights. Now, let's hear from Jeff and Sarita. So, we've got a really exciting interview here, and this is somebody that probably doesn't know this, but I've actually been watching her from afar for a long time, and you know, as I was mentioning before we brought, off, brought out that panel, a lot of the people who end up being up here are, are people that I have learned from and that I've been fascinated with. And then, of course, dig a little bit deeper into their business and find out more about them and their character and how they operate and say, you know what, I think there would be value for our audience to hear. Because, you know, I could talk all day, but at the end of the day, there's going to be something that you're going to learn from somebody else, not just from me. So if you wouldn't mind joining me in welcoming Miss Sarita Dua to the stage, please. So Sarita, we have 240 or so attendees and another 240 or so on the live stream. So you get a chance to share your story with people that have never met you before and people that have never had any exposure to who you are, what you're about, what you've accomplished. And my hope is that everyone today is not just inspired, but also learns from you and and that experience. Is that fair? That is. Thank you Okay, cool. So let's jump in. Could you do me a favor and start, uh, go from the start. Hey, where you grew up, where you moved around the country, I know that, Uh, how you ended up in Portland and how you get into the business, just... Give us a little bit of your background story, would you? Sure, especially because you and I uh, have something in common. I'm a Michigan girl. So I was born and raised in Michigan. Um, My folks came over from India, like in the 60s, so kind of the child of immigrant parents growing up in Michigan. I went to high school in Michigan, went to college in Flint, Michigan. Mm -hmm. I actually went to a college, it's now called Kettering University in Flint, that you go to school for a quarter and then you work for a quarter. And I remember all my friends at the University of Michigan and Michigan State saying, you know, you're, you're going to this little institute, you oh, know. It's Flint, right? Yeah, and yeah. you're, you know, they don't have a football team and you're going to miss out and we're going to yeah. get all the jobs. And it was, uh, it was for me, the, uh, the ability to put myself through school and work. We, I learned so much just about how to really kind of handle myself in terms of communication and being resourceful and working through different organizations. You were probably three to four years ahead of all your friends who only focused on the one thing, right? You were forced to, to spread your, your energies to two different things. Exactly. And I actually graduated with a job offer in hand for Intel. So I was in, so my first part of my career was 14 years in high tech, seven years at Intel and seven years at startups. I loved it. I was in sales, marketing, biz dev, product management, loving life. I never really thought, oh, I'm going to be a realtor. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, the Intel job took me from Michigan to, uh, to New Jersey, to Arizona, to San Francisco, and to Boston. So I was kind of like all over the place, and yep. I was loving life. Um, and then I, uh, lots of big things happened when I was in Boston. I met my husband, my now husband, 
I, uh, we got married, we built a home, we had our first kid. Yep. And um, next thing you know, he's interviewing for a job. Uh, I kind of get away with wearing sneakers all the time. He's interviewing for a job for Nike in Portland. And I had this dream with this baby that, hey, I want to be near my parents or your parents. I don't want to be in Portland where we know no one. Mm -hmm. So you can go for the interview, but please don't like it because yep. I don't want to live on the West Coast when yep. our family was in the, in the Midwest or on the East Coast. Yep. Two weeks later, uh, we were on a plane <laughs> to Portland for our house hunting trip because he loved, uh, he loved the position and it was actually a great opportunity for our family. So we've been in Portland, Oregon for 21 years. Mm -hmm. And I was, I was actually the lucky one. He got this great job, but I uh, was able to work from the company I was working for mm -hmm. from home. Mm -hmm. What I didn't realize is how social you know, I was. Like I ended up working from home and I probably did more in a day than some people did in a week. Yeah. But when you're new to a city and people are talking about like the Rose Garden or the Rose Festival or this or that, and you have no idea, there's no water cooler, right? You right. have no idea what's going on. Right. So I kind of quickly realized that A, I'm social, and B, we both were traveling and we were playing rock, paper, scissors every time we both had a business trip at the same time. Like who's gonna take care of the kids? Yeah. <laughs> or if yeah. we have an ear infection at yep. daycare, what's gonna happen? Yep. And so I didn't, this is not to kind of diminish real estate, but I didn't, one of us had to get off the hamster wheel. Mm -hmm. And you know, my husband's like, I have an idea. Why don't you be the person who like changes your career? Yeah, of course. And I was like, wait a minute. Like, if you're expecting like me to leave and nothing, you know, again, I'm not the person that will have dinner on the table at five o'clock. It's just not sure. why he married me. Um, but what he said, which was really like, he redeemed himself. He said, you know, I pinch myself every Sunday night or Monday morning because I love what I do. Yep. I haven't seen you love what you do. Like I love what I do and yeah. everybody deserves that. Yep. And it was really cool. He's like, you've supported me moving out here. It's my turn to do what I need to do for you to find your thing. Yeah. And so I was looking at real estate, financial planning, insurance, or mortgages. Basically, an ability to start your own business without having to go on Shark Tank and get a bunch of money from yep. like Mark Cuban, right? Like, yep. how can I be in the service industry? Yeah. And real estate actually uh, checked a lot of the boxes. And when you think about real estate, sure, it's houses, sure, it's architecture, but it really is two things. It's people and project management, mm -hmm. like expectation setting, telling yeah. them this is what's happening and this is what's happening next and this is what just happened. Yep. And that skill set was really my whole skill set until then. Yeah. So I've really not looked back. So that was, I got licensed in 03 and I started in 04. 03, so we have that in common too. Exactly. Um, so how, being brand new to a city, no sphere, how did you kind of break in? What was your method of getting people to consider you as a realtor? Well, that's the thing, like I'm a little bit of a planner. I wrote my business plan before quitting my job. Mm -hmm. I looked at my sphere of influence and looked at how many people I knew. I bought my domain name, askserita.com. Mm -hmm. And I, the interesting thing is, that, as I mentioned, I was working from home and kind of not tied in socially. So I was actually on, on the volunteer committee of like different organizations, Software Association, Association of Oregon, Portland Female Executives, The Link for Women. Ah, and I did all these things, right? Yep. And the cool thing is I did them just for, just to meet people. I wasn't yeah. even gonna get leads from them for my current, for my tech job. So what I did is I took, I wrote a note to everyone I knew, it was 500 people. Mm -hmm. And, but I wanna say this, people who think, oh, well you moved to Portland and you knew 500 people. 
When we landed in Portland, anyone who's been to Portland, Oregon knows our, our airport has green carpet. <laughs> like when we landed on that green carpet in Portland, we knew one person in Portland, it was my husband's boss, that was it. Mm -hmm. But it was three years basically between so when you were started. You were essentially joining these network clubs or these right. associations. Right just to meet people. That just was your professional way of, of meeting other people. And then when I became a realtor, what was really cool is I didn't join them to just get real estate leads. It, mm -hmm. was, it was a different message. It was, hey, you already know me. This is what I'm doing now. Yeah. And it wasn't as, oh, let me just join every club just yeah. so that I can meet people yeah. so I can sell my house. Sure. So I wrote those 500 people a letter and I said, hey, this is what I'm doing now. Here's my business card. Of course, if you want to buy or sell your house, I'm here for you. But maybe you just want it you need a roofer or you want a deck and you're wondering what product to use for the deck yeah. or you need a painter, yep. give me a call. Real estate, any real estate questions, big or small, ask Sarita.com. Yep. And I just, and it was interesting because there was a few buyers that reached out and they're like, we're not really buyers, but if the right property came yeah. up, we'd probably sell and buy. So, and what I heard, so what I heard in that is, is some networking and you, you started the Ask Sarita. I actually wrote that down and circled it because right. when I think of you, that's what I think about. Yeah. And that's what you want the consumers, obviously. That's right. So how did you get that, that out there? How did, you, how, how did you get your community to know what Ask Sarita meant and what it, what it even was? Well, I think it's- Because it doesn't say Sarita sells, right. you know, um, Sarita buy or sell with Sarita. I mean, it, it's actually very general. It is very, it's very generic, but I want it to be a resource for people. And so how did I start is that, you know, between the letter and then just kind of my branding, I kind of put it out there. I also joined um, BNI, Business Network International, where you go every Tuesday morning at 6.30 in the morning, yep. and there's one realtor, one mortgage person, one house cleaner, yep. one, you know, isogenics person, all of it, right? Yep. And I did that for like seven years. And here's the deal, like, Jeff, if you're at these, if, at these lead, passing groups, yep. the hair the hair person or the house cleaners probably gonna get a few more leads than the, the person who's selling houses. Sure. Yep. Um, but what I didn't, I didn't even do it for how am I gonna get leads to sell houses. Mm -hmm. What I did was, hey, if someone asked me for an insurance person yep. or a house cleaner or what have you, I wanna vet out that database and have the best people. So it was a resource, again. You were the me. connector. I was, I love connections just for connection's sake. It's Which, so fun. By the way, um, we, I had written a, I don't know, 10 point, 11 point or whatever on networking because I was never good at it. I actually hated networking. I grew up in a society where I considered networking as not working, right? right. Like we weren't getting anything done here. And so I actually had to study how to have small talk, how to network with people. And one of the things that I learned about networking and the technique of networking is the person who gets all the referrals is the person who does all the connecting. It's true. That is, you know, you think about, I'm gonna meet people. See, people go into a networking situation or even say the VIP party tonight and, you know, yeah, I'm gonna pass out a business card and make sure I get an agent to agent referral connection. The person that does the best in a networking scenario is the person that's saying, oh, I got the person for you. Constantly connecting. Because what happens is they feel like they owe you a favor in return. That's right, right? that law of reciprocity of like, if you do something for me, I kinda wanna do something nice for you and back. It's, I mean, for me, again, I came from no networking at all. I actually had to study how to learn how to network. And that was one of the greatest takeaways that I had was, don't think about what you're gonna gain 
from meeting people and who you're gonna meet and oh, if I could just meet that one person. Instead, thinking about how you could, when somebody's talking to you about something that they need, I got the person for that. How you can connect people. That's right. And you did that. It's, it's really cool too. I remember being out of work right after 9-11 prior to getting into real estate. And I would talk to other marketing and salespeople and if they were like, let's say a graphics person or someone who did copy and I was more on the sales and business development side, we were like perfect coffee buddies because we could exchange leads for each other. Like the jobs they were going for weren't the jobs I was going for and vice versa. And just, I remember even hosting a bunch of women going to Costco, Costco buying, buying whatever we needed to make some chili and just getting people together and just kind of watching the connections happen. Yeah. So one of the things I still do is I do a, an allied partner luncheon every January. I invite my stager, my hardwoods guy, my painter, the handyman, and, and I actually, I'm okay if there's two stagers there or three inspectors. I mean, they know that they're not the only ones yeah. that get all of my business. Mm -hmm. And sure, like probably all the books say, you know, get up there and ask for referrals. Mm -hmm. I just get up there and I thank them. I yeah. say, I, I just want to, you know, our year was our year because of you. Yep. And it is one of my top five pillars. Yep. And, and you know, I, I buy Caesar salad and lemonade and, and iced tea and, and it's just a quick luncheon. Yeah. But just the amount of, the, the people that, well, one, they are very happy to be there and kind of feel like they're part of my circle, my inner circle, if you will. And two, like right after that, the referrals start coming in again because it's like kind of top of mind. So I even do a postcard. I see Ellie there in the first row. If, if, if I have a referral for Ellie and she's, let's say, a service provider for a house, I make sure I write down, hey, I gave the Smiths your name and number. Mm -hmm. So it's just a blank postcard because we, we're so busy, we barely have time to text yeah. people to say, hey, I gave so-and-so your number. And I do write in there, like, I know you'll take great care of them, and of course, if you need anything with yep. real estate, I'm here for you. Yes. But I, just that act of kind of reminding people that I'm giving your name out like all the time. Yeah. Please just take good care of my people, that's yep. all I ask. Yep. I don't get kickbacks, or I just get like basically that that Delta sort of red carpet treatment. Like they're gonna jump off a job to give us a bid if we have a tight timeline because yeah. they know how much business I've given them. Yeah, love that. So let's fast forward to, to so you started essentially. My takeaway from that is you got started with a lot of networking, That's right. right, and also becoming known as the connector mm -hmm. and making sure people knew what Ask Sarita meant. That's right. And so fast forward to today, um, where is most of your business coming from today? So my database, past clients, repeat referrals, also agent referrals has been big. Agent referrals is big. Yeah, we, and we've heard that from a few of our panelists. Um, what do you do differently to get more agent referrals? Why do you think you get a decent amount of agent referrals? You know, I love to kind of coach and speak and train, and I feel like if I can deliver value, especially like this last year via Zoom, mm -hmm. being able to talk about multiple offers or talk about my showing agent model or just different things that, were, that, that are working. And, and Jeff, you've been a great example. I remember when the pandemic hit, in that what I would call the March to Memorial Day deer and headlights phase of the yeah. pandemic where we didn't know what was going on. Yeah. You opened up essentially your team meetings and your content to everybody saying, guys, we are pivoting real time with the camera on. Let's yep. figure this thing out together. Yeah. That same sort of mentality of like, this is sort of working for us, or yep. this is how we've adjusted our listings, or this is what we're doing now for digital assets for marketing. We're doing Matterport for everything because 
people don't want to go in the houses unless they feel safe, sure. so let's give them all the info. So I find just, I mean, maybe it's just having a unique name. I joke that it's like Madonna, Sharon, Sarita. <laughs> um, but if having a unique name and then being out there teaching and training yeah. gets people to just sort of notice that you're out there yep. and you're kind of hustling grit, right? Yeah, when you, when you become known as uh, and again, I, I joke about everyone's a coach today, and the reality is, is I, I, you guys understand, I do believe there's legitimate other coaches out there other than myself, right? <laughs> um, but the reality is, is that when you develop the reputation of being kind of a trainer and always training people and being asked to be on stage and sharing your information, people want to return the favor. and People want to say, you know what, I learned something from her, I'm going to return this when it, when it comes back to me. You just have to, you can't do it to get your name in lights though. You have to come from contribution and Bingo. truly believe that you're making a difference and yep. you have something to say that will, will deliver value. Yep, love that. So um, one thing that's super fascinating that we have to talk about is recently um, you spent some time furthering your education. Can you tell us about that story and how you arrived at that? Some of these moments are not my brightest moves and you might think it's bright when you look at it in that I just graduated from MIT with an executive MBA um, in June, May of 2020. Thank you. Um, it's thank you. It started out as a joke, you know, we've all been there Googling at three in the morning and you kind of stumble upon a program. Like, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I tell my husband, this looks great. He's like, honey, that's awesome. And you're not going to get in at MIT. And I'm, the best way to get me to do anything is to tell me I can't do it because then it's a, oh, yeah, watch me. But actually, all kidding aside, um, I had been reading a lot. I mean, I have an electrical engineering degree. I actually already have an MBA. The last thing I needed in my fifth, early 50s is another degree. Mm -hmm. But I am a lifelong learner, and yeah. there was a lot of things that were going on in the world that I just didn't know, like platform strategy, machine learning, AI, yeah. sort of big data. Some of these concepts, like. They just didn't have them when, yep. <laughs> the last time I went to school. Mm -hmm. So I was just curious and I started reading more books and I just, I really went to MIT to, a lot of my classmates were there to change careers, like they're directors of engineering and they want to get on the business side or they head up a medical department in their hospital and they want to get into hospital administration. Mm -hmm. Our class had 125 other people all from around the world, 30% or so were coming in. I was flying in from Portland to Boston every two to three weeks. Some of them were coming in from Kenya and Moscow and Tokyo. Like I couldn't complain about my three hour time change, right? Um, but what was cool about it is 125 other people around the world that are all kind of education-based and learning-based. Yeah. So here's the thing, right? I didn't do it to change my career. But once you start thinking bigger and seeing bigger, like once you see light, you can't unsee it. Mm -hmm. And so I started looking with the frameworks that we learned at MIT, you just start looking at things way more strategically. Yeah. And I'm proud to report that like my life changed too. I, I, I went in being a realtor, I'm still a realtor. And by the way, I'm like you, Jeff, and Matt said it too, like I'm always gonna be in production. I believe, like I love, like to me, there's nothing funner than putting a deal together. Like I actually love it. Yeah. And I may not do everything for my team, but there's a large part of the business that I love and I want to be part of. Yeah. But because of MIT, I interviewed for the Ritz-Carlton that's coming to town in Portland, and I actually got the gig. And I don't want to be self-deprecating like I had no business getting it or anything like that, but it isn't something that was on my radar. Mm -hmm. And because of the way I learned that anything is possible through school, yep. 
I approached it very differently. I chose to interview them as well. Mm -hmm. And I looked at, I did a pretty in-depth study on who's our buyer for these, it's the first five-star hotel in Portland and it's the first hotel branded condos yep. in Portland. Yep. And it's the first Ritz-Carlton in the Pacific Northwest. They're coming 2023. And when I interviewed it, I actually created a persona of like, who's our buyer? How, how do they dress? What, you know, what do they drive? What watch do they wear? How do they vacation? Yep. What's their association with the brand? Now, did I have all the data to do that right? No, but I did have a slide deck with some assumptions mm -hmm. and I did my homework. Yep. And I fully expected it'd be a short meeting because I, I didn't have a lot of a luxury experience. experience. Right, right. <laughs> But, but, but the funny thing is they said, like, what do you bring to the table? And I said, you know, I know buyers because 65% of my business is buyer-based. Yeah. So I know buyers. In fact, I know all the buildings around because yep. I've got buyers in all of them. I, I know the, the paperwork. I know the amenities. I know what the fitness center looks like, yep. et cetera. I know buyers, and I've been doing this for 17 years. I know the, the brokers. Like in, in Oregon, we call our, our real estate agents, actual, everybody's a broker. Yep. So I know buyers, I know brokers. And then when I got the gig later, I asked the developer, so I got to ask, now that we're having a beer and it's all kind of done and signed, like, why'd you choose me? They're like, yeah. well, we wanted someone who knew buyers and brokers, yeah. and, and you were it. So it's kind of fun when you tell them the criteria that you think they need, and then they play it back to you. It was really cool. You know what's interesting about that is um, I had a similar experience in Detroit with the Weston Book Cadillac residences. It was the first residences ever in the city of Detroit on top of a you know luxury hotel. Mm -hmm. And of course, I'm not as smart as you, so I didn't do any of the research and I wouldn't have gotten hired. But instead what I did is I just bought a condo there and that was my answer when they said, why should we hire you? I'm the only realtor that owns a condo here and that got me the job, right? Mm -hmm. So anyone, if you're thinking, well, do I have to go to MIT to land one of those? No, just buy a condo in wherever the building you want to buy. You'll be fine. Just say, hey, I own buy one. Buy a condo and just think big. You don't yeah. have to do the 53-point <laughs> right. yeah. uh, PowerPoint, but just think. Um, you know, Spring was just saying it, right? It's all mindset. If I went in there going, I'm not worthy and this yeah. isn't going to happen, then I'm not going to get it. But if you really do think that you, you know, you have a true shot and that they need you and you're better in many ways because you bring this, this, and this to the table. Yeah. And again, it's not an arrogance thing, it's a confidence thing. Yep. That confidence is so attractive to people. That's what they want. They want you to sell their product and if you don't sell yourself, how are you gonna sell your product? Yep. When do they go on the market? So yeah, we're gonna be up, mid, we're pre-selling now, taking reservations and then they'll be here summer 2023. Nice. Yes. Yeah, that's same. exciting. It took a couple of years for yeah. the Weston to build too. One of the things you said, and one of the things I've really admired, is um, you, and, and here I thought I was a lifelong learner and committed to going to events and learning from mastermind groups and all of this, and then I met you. And I don't actually think, and I mean this when I say this, I don't know anyone, I haven't met anyone that studies industry, that studies trends, that studies life, more than you. Why is that? Why do you say this, I'm a lifelong learner? What benefit does that give you? That's a really good question. No one's ever asked me that. I th some of why I do it, I think, is because, I mean, I just truly love it. I think that my philosophy is if you're the, a PhD at something, you're a kindergartner at the next thing. I mean, the really, I know it sounds like a fortune cookie, but the minute you stop learning, you start dying. Like, there's something that starts kind of eroding. And yeah. so that curiosity, 
Um, it, it could be because of the way I'm raised. I was raised. It could be the example we set for our kids. But I just, I'm just intellectually curious, and I just believe you have to be a master of your craft, right? I mean, it affects us when we're selling real estate. Like we should know. We should know our numbers. We should know about the tax policy. We should know about what's going on with rates. We should know about trends. We should also be with the friends that we have here in different markets. So certain markets for us are bellwethers, right? They're like leaders or laggers mm -hmm. compared to where we are. So for me, I need to know what's happening in the Bay Area because that affects Portland. Sure. And so it's really fascinating to yeah. me. And I think we have such, I mean, we have such, what other industry are we like, will we lose the listing and then still, Whoever wins it is going to pay you half if you bring the buyer. Like we truly are cooperative. Yeah. Um, it's. I think it's a fascinating thing. So I. I don't know the why, but I do know that I love it. Good. Okay. Um, last question I have for you is: How have you been able to balance it all? Right. You were flying back and forth to Boston. You were listing and selling real estate. You were leading a team. How are you? Talk to us about you know. And you've heard me talk constantly. I and mean, we've been you know close for the last couple of years now. And you've been to our events and so forth. When you hear me talk about time management, I mean, obviously, I would say you have time management mastered at a pretty high level. How do you have balance, and how do you manage it all? I mean, I think I think there's still a little bit of a deception, right? Like time, like work-life balance, right? It's really like this work-life integration. Like your your work, and your life, and your health, and everything has to sort of just be part of who you are. There are routines, there are habits, but. I can't say I've got it figured out. I mean, I, I believe that I'm juggling 30 balls and at any time there's def, definitely more than one on the ground. Mm -hmm. the, the, the art is to not drop the same ones over and over and yeah. to know which ones, like there was that saying, right, which ones are the glass ones and which ones are the rubber ones. And yeah. like health and my family are more the glass ones, right? Like the, yeah. that matter a lot. Yeah. But to just share a health story and, and, and maybe this will answer your question a little bit. Some, some of the ways I balance things is by kind of getting hit over the head with a frying pan when I'm so out of balance. Mm -hmm. So I was uh, in September 2018, I was about 80 pounds heavier and I was rear-ended at a red light. And thankfully I was fine, my car got, all, my car got totaled, I had a you know, little swollen lip and a, I banged up my knee, but like I got out of, that, out of that wreck and most people would be upset, like I can't believe this person rear-ended me at 60 miles an hour and I'm at a red light. To me, it was kind of a wake-up call um, because I just felt like what could have happened and what happened, and it was kind of a do-over. Mm -hmm. And self-care is the care that just takes so, talk about work-life balance, like that takes so much time, like getting up early to go to the gym or in the case of a car accident, going to the Cairo or going to the you know PT or whatever, yeah. going to the body shop, dealing with the insurance company, yep. all of it, right? Yep. And I think that that we can spend, I, one of the strengths I have, and I, I try to push this to my team too, is we can spend a lot of time on how did we get here, or we can solve the problem that, you know, like we are where we are, what are we gonna do about it? Like, of course we wanna learn from it so we don't keep having the problem happen, sure. like we should do the postmortem, but like even if there's something that blows up in a transaction or whatever, okay, we are where we are, what are we gonna do about right. it? And so when that happened, I just decided to focus on my health. I had turned, this happened September 2018, I was turning 50 in July of 2019. And I'm like, I'm gonna lose 50 pounds by my 50th birthday. And, I'm, and I put it out there and I made it super accountable because I, you know, normally it's like, oh, I'm on a diet, but you know, if I don't tell anyone, yeah, I can, I can have right. the M&Ms, you know, yeah, no you one's could, looking. Yeah, gain, um, gain one, lose yeah. two, gain a couple, yeah. lose one. And yeah. so I put it out there and 
and it was amazing. Um, I lost like 71 pounds by my birthday. And, and I, I appreciate, I, I appreciate that because we all know like it's, it's simple, but it's not easy. Like the simple part is, you know, eat less, move more, right? We know what to do, but it's definitely not easy, especially in a high stress environment where we think, oh, I'm gonna have a salad for lunch and now I'm on hold for a contractor and the drive throughs calling at three o'clock, you know? Um, but I do think that anything's possible when you put your mind to it. Yep. And, and then when something's important enough, you work it in. All right, let's hear it for Sarita. Do Thank you, Sarita. Thank you for taking your time to join Jeff today on the Live Unreal with Glover U podcast. To get started on having an unreal business, take the real estate self-assessment. After you complete the assessment, a member of Glover U will get on a call with you to create an action plan to improve your score. Go to www.gloveru.com self. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe. Search for Live Unreal with Glover U on iTunes, Podbean, or Spotify and subscribe today. Until next time.